In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Grant us peace, O Lord, in our days, for there is no other who will fight for us, save but you, our God. Thank you for joining me once again on the Memento Traditionis podcast. This is another short episode where I will go over a summary of questions on theological notes. First off, what is a theological note? A theological note is the name given by which we can ascertain the certitude of a particular theological proposition. And why would these theological notes be helpful? Because it allows us to determine what is part of the tradition of the church, which, as we saw in the previous short episode, is the rule of faith. And so by these theological notes, we can ascertain to what certainty something has been revealed by God. Where can we find a list of theological propositions and their associated theological notes? A great resource which is highly revered by many in the church, not just traditional-minded people, but also conservatives as well, is Ludwig Ott's Fundamentals of Catholic Dogma, which I will include a link to in the show notes. What do the different levels of theological notes show us? The different levels show us the levels of certainty which a certain theological proposition has. The higher the level, the more it is to be believed, and the greater the consequence for rejecting such a proposition. How many levels are there? It depends on how we split it up, but we could say generally there are seven levels of theological notes. What are these seven levels? These seven levels, in order of highest certainty to lowest, are the following. Number one, propositions which are de fide, or of the faith. Number two, propositions which are proximate to de fide, or very close to of the faith. Number three, propositions which are theological certainties. Number four, propositions which are common teachings of the church. Number five, propositions which are theological opinions. Number six, pious opinions. Number seven, tolerated opinions. What does it mean for something to be de fide or the highest level of certainty? This is something that we are bound to believe, and if we explicitly reject, we would be guilty of heresy. De fide propositions are further divided into two types, those which are defined explicitly and those which are not defined. An example of a definition would be the doctrine of transubstantiation of the Eucharist. An example of a doctrine which is not defined explicitly is the belief that Christ had the power to heal or command the elements such as when he walked on water or calmed the storm. What is meant by the second level of theological certainty known as proximate to de fide? These are doctrines which are regarded by theologians generally as a truth of revelation, but which has not yet been finally promulgated as such by the church. Since these 
are propositions which come from revelation, even though they are not defined. Denial of them is a grave matter. And although it is not called heresy, because it is not a rejection of de fide propositions, it is called a proposition which is proximate to heresy, which is still extremely serious since it corrupts our faith. What is meant by the third level of certainty, known as the theological certainty? Now, in common parlance, this term theological certainty would make it sound as if it were the highest level, but in fact, it is at the third level, which just by its name goes to show you how important the first two levels truly are to our faith. A theological certainty is a proposition which the magisterium has not defined, but whose truth is guaranteed by its intrinsic connection with the doctrine of revelation. To deny a theological certainty is to deny a doctrine of revelation by way of conclusion. An example we could give here is the belief that everyone has their own guardian angel. A proposition which denies a theological certainty is called a proposition savoring or suspect of heresy. The reason it is called this is because if one draws the natural conclusion from the proposition, one will end up denying a proposition which the magisterium has pronounced upon. It is in fact a very slippery slope which one must avoid. What is meant by the fourth level of theological certainty, known as common teachings? Common teachings belong to the field of free opinions, but they are generally accepted by theologians. And by generally accepted, we don't just mean in modern times, but throughout all of Catholic and Christian history. And we might say that the remaining levels are just a subset of this level of common teachings. To reject a common teaching is known as a erroneous proposition. This is a proposition which is opposed to a truth which is proposed by the church as a truth intrinsically connected with a revealed truth, or opposed to the common teaching of theologians. In order to deviate from the common teaching of theologians, there must be substantive reasons for doing so. If one deviates from the common teaching of theologians, his opinion is known as a temerarious proposition. It is deviating without reason from the general teaching. This is one area which has constituted a real problem since the Second Vatican Council. How else can we further subdivide the common teachings? We can divide these into theological opinions which are probable, more probable, well-founded, pious opinions, and tolerated opinions. These are all distinguished based on how common they are and how well-reasoned they are based on the other propositions of our faith that are at higher levels and to be believed. At the lowest level, we might say a tolerated opinion is not necessarily something that needs to be passed on. However, all levels above that are things that should be revered and passed on by all Catholics. And to not do so, at the very least, may be 
to introduce an erroneous proposition, if not to propose something that savors of heresy, is proximate to heresy, or is heresy itself. Why is it important to know these theological notes? It is not necessary for all Catholics to completely understand or keep these in mind at all points. It is more important to know that they exist and to recognize that different documents, different statements have different levels of certitude. And by understanding this, we can begin to ascertain what is of the rule of faith that is tradition, what must be forcefully passed on with certitude and absolute fortitude, and what might be open to opinion. But ultimately, we must recognize that even the lowest level of pious opinion must be revered and respected and passed on. Only the tolerated opinions or things which are erroneous or proximate to heresy or savoring of heresy or heresy itself must be rejected. Everything else that is proper to tradition must be passed on, although there are different levels of which we must propose these things to be believed. The question then may be asked, well, how do we know which is of the highest level of certainty? That is something that we will have to address in further episodes. But again, let us remember that we must pass on all of the tradition, even the pious opinions. And if we remember that and revere what has been handed on to us, we need not scruple so much about what the different levels are. However, if you are curious about these things, I do recommend picking up Ludwig Ott's Fundamentals of Catholic Dogma, which I will provide a link to in the show notes. May God be glorified. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Amen.